And welcome back to episode 86 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Ah, oh, Carl. Well, summer, I think, is slowly getting here. The sun is streaming into the uh, you know Tech Ramp recording center here. And, HQ. Uh, yeah, well, HQ, yes, indeed. And uh, I'm tempted to, uh, tempted to put the... Um, <laughs> the uh the old uh, dyson uh for cooling fan uh, on, but uh i don't know actually it's quite quiet i probably could have it on with recording you probably won't be able to hear it anyway you cracked but... a window earlier it was getting a bit stuffy in the office uh, easy easy fresh air what's wrong with me man <laughs> <laughs> no we better go shut that now <laughs> we better do indeed well we are back with another week of the latest tech stories and what a lineup for you have this week. we have um uh you know, a bit of a mixed bag, I guess. You know, we have got a few Apple stories this week. We've got some more gaming stories, uh, but we're going to talk a bit about um, Intel Arc again, you know, updates, uh, a bit about Lovelace, and there is going to be Metaverse. I'm sorry, we don't like the Metaverse, but we've got to talk about it. Isn't it true? We have, yeah. <sighs> well, so I have come to the conclusion that if your company name is Apple, insert product name service solution by the end of it you are going to end up uh getting in front of regulators complaints or whatever does that i think that's pretty pretty cool sound of pretty much now. sums it up yeah they are in some kind of regulation uh, argument about pretty much every one of their products at the moment they are and so this week not only have they managed to annoy the regulators but apple now have managed to pretty much annoy their own developer community haven't they on the e- on the, the the upcoming wwdc which is what four weeks away now yeah not, um, long. not long at all uh on the 6th of june uh Light of that apple has yeah pretty much annoyed their dev community by deleting apps from the app store then haven't they well, not quite. I mean, they haven't okay. them yet. They've given notice, but uh, yeah. So there's been kind of what, a bit of talk over the last few weeks of Apple threatening to remove working apps from the App Store for, I suppose, no discernible reason other than they haven't been updated in a while. Well, Apple have kind of come out of a statement, really saying that um, as part of the, you know, their App Store improvement process, uh, they're, they're targeting developers of apps that have not been updated in the last three years and failed to meet a minimum download threshold so yeah if your app hasn't been downloaded a certain amount of time in the last 12 months and they haven't said what that threshold is for downloads uh basically you're going to get an email saying we're removing your app you kind of have 90 days to update your app or i suppose to get people to download it yeah and i guess you know when we think about this you, know, you think of the app stores the millions of apps that are in there oh, God, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of abandoned apps isn't there there are yeah, definitely. There's a lot of ones and just don't work anymore. No, no. Or don't display properly because of the changes in UI. Uh, they, you know, they just don't look right. You know, I was looking at an app of the day and I was just like, my God, it looks like it's still running, you know, uh, like iOS 9 or 10 style UI, you know, really blocky. Um, you were more for whatever it was called back then. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, you know, rather than the, the sort of more flat, um, rounded approach we've got today. But I, I kind of get this, but there's a lot of developers that are very unhappy, though, aren't there, around this? There is. It's definitely good to kind of tidy up all that mess, you know, but there are a lot of developers that have probably done a good job the first time. The app doesn't need updating. Well, that's it, isn't it? I guess that's the point. You're right. Because sometimes an app works so well, it doesn't need to be updated. It no. does what it says, and people still use it because it, it meets that need uh it it has that requirement um but i guess the other argument though is is it still being downloaded isn't it because what are the the caveats here across the board you know is it still being downloaded 
does it still yeah. need to be downloaded? You know, or is it kind of a case of you know, you know, you've got it, that's it. But um, maybe it's for a niche product. Maybe it's for a niche uh, career choice. You know, there's just only there's only people that are going to download it, but it still needs to be there to get updates and be available for new people into that niche. But not every app is going to be a million downloads a day hit. No, no, of course not. It isn't the you know, dare I say it, the the latest copy of Fortnite cough cough. Um, yeah. Or whatever might be the biggest app out there at the minute, you know. I you know, I, I can't imagine I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I was just saying I can't imagine things like Facebook, you know, Meta, whatever we're called this week, they're sustaining downloads because surely they can't be onboarding as many new people. I suppose most of those downloads now must be from reoccurring, as in I've got a new device as opposed to fresh exactly. users. I suppose you get to a get to a peak, don't you, and then it flattens off. And say so yeah. if you are targeting a niche market, that peak might not be very high. No, I, maybe it isn't. I, you know, I think that's that's the thing. But the Apple, I guess, so Apple in their classic classic approach to all this, put a statement out, don't they, saying this yeah. is what we're going to do. Uh, then the world implodes on itself, and uh, usually clarification comes, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but not enough. As I said, it, it says you need. It doesn't list the number of downloads you need. But what if my app's being updated, but it, but it's not hitting the download threshold? Would it be removed? Well, I don't know. Or if I'm over, I've gone over the threshold, but it's not been updated, will it remove? Or does it have to hit both? It's still not very clear. Well, that's the thing. So the threshold is, so what was it then? So developers of apps that have not had updated within three years and failed yeah. to meet. Okay, so updated within three years and failed to meet a download okay. threshold. So it means if the app has not been downloaded at all or extremely few times during a rolling 12-month period... You'll get those. So all you need to do there then is put like a tiny incremental update and get somebody to download it. Yeah, we'll, we'll change the color slightly and then we'll enroll like 20 odd devices and get them downloaded. And apparently Apple have said though that they've removed nearly 2.8 million apps so far based on wow. that. But they, this isn't new. They think what the argument here is, this mm. is not a new policy. They have been doing this for some time now. It's um, just become more apparent, I presume. Yeah, more vocal think, developers. Yeah, and I guess so. But it also is it critical mass in the sense that uh, you know when you've got a few hundred thousand apps, it, you know only a few are going to be deleted. But when there are millions upon millions of applications in there, you know you you knock out one percent of those apps. That's a lot, isn't it? All of a sudden, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. And I imagine they've probably started with the more obvious. This is abandoned ones, and now they've started to hit some that aren't abandoned, just haven't been updated because there's no need to. Yeah, you know, and actually, for once, I don't personally see a big problem. This I agree. I agree with your argument about some of the niche apps, but considering my own experiences, though, of searching for an app on the app store sometimes, and you get all of those rubbish, uh, or you find an app fun. and you think, yeah, and you think, oh, that app looks fantastic, and you click on it, and you're like, oh yeah, that, ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah, uh, no, what, I've definitely yeah. been there in my hunt for the best universal remote control. <laughs> I've been through a lot of crud apps. I found some ones that look absolutely perfect, but don't quite work right the way you want. And then there's no response from the developer at all. Oh, well, that was a waste of money or time. Yeah, it just it does work. You know, it does work. I mean, I've I've still got a few apps on my phone that uh, you can't find anymore in the store. Anymore. store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then I then I look at my phone. I don't know about yourself, but I also wonder. 
do I use all these apps? And I, then I go to myself, oh, I might just delete that. And then I'm thinking, no, just in case, just in case. Well, why? I've got 512 gig of space on it or whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I've got my phone in my hand. I think it's more the case of just like um, scrolling through all these apps. And thankfully now with the library, you don't have that problem, isn't it? So you can offload stuff on the homepage. You know, I still have all, my all in folders. I've not really done the library thing yet. No, mine are all in folders, but you get the li library's automatic, you know? Well, it does credit automatically, but I don't remove them from the home screen. Oh, no, 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 no. But what I mean only is... Only be I... in the library, yeah. Yeah, but what I've done a couple of times, where an app, I'm like, uh, do I really need that anymore? You know, that kind of view. Yeah. Um, then I kind of just shove that off to the uh, the other side and uh, worry about it later. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then I kept... But occasionally I come across an app, I'm like, oh, I forgot I had that. Uh, doesn't happen all the time, mind you, but, you know, no. it does happen occasionally. <laughs> Oh, so Apple, Apple then. So talking of regulation, um, this uh, this one came out, didn't it? Um, not just this isn't just Apple, but Apple are caught up in this. So the UK government is looking at how uh, they can regulate a lot of the streaming services, isn't it, across the UK. Um, so Ofcom, who are the uh, the main regulator for all things media mm. in the UK, aren't they? You know, everything they from are indeed. television to broadband to whatever. Uh, a bit like the FCC, I suppose, aren't they in the US? Um, yep. Have just said that they want to uh, they want to regulate streaming services in the same vein as uh, well, linear broadcasters, is media broadcasters, or commercial linear. linear commercial television. I guess is that the right way to look yeah, at it? Yeah, yeah, broadcast TV. Yeah. Oh. Um, of course. So this, this, I guess, you know, what we got: Apple TV, of course, uh, Netflix, Netflix, Disney, Amazon. Amazon uh... Sky Kids Now or what, Now TV or whatever it's called in the UK, those kind of things. Yeah. What's your thoughts here? Because I think mm. this, I get part of it, but the other part of me is like, this seems a little bit nuts. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've got to stress, this is just a white paper at the moment. But uh, I mean, what were the reasons they were giving? So they're saying it is to um, ensure that their audiences are protected from harmful or offensive material, that principles of fairness, accuracy, and privacy are applied. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. This is a, this is an odd one. There, there. Are, I can see the reason for it. You know, anyone can access this with an internet connection. You might have it built into your TV now. So traditionally, stuff that was on your TV, you knew had gone through the Ofcom process. You weren't going to find anything too shocking. Late night stuff, you know, adult stuff was put on later at night, not during the day, unless uh, you know. Now you can access adult material at any time of the day from the normal TV via the built-in apps. Uh, so I, I can see some of the reasons for it, but I do kind of worry that some of the stuff that we've enjoyed, uh, certainly the boys, uh, for sure, there have been some <laughs> questionable scenes in there that geez, you couldn't show your kids. I mean, even to an adult, they were, Whoa, but they added to the story. Now, would we get those if they were overseen by Ofcom? But Probably not. Is... No, but this is the point, though, where parental controls come in, isn't it? Um, it is. Where you should be, you know, responsible to not... <laughs> no, no, but in the same way, though, it's not be funny, in the same way, the internet, not be funny, if, you, yep. if you're not savvy enough, your kid can go on the internet, type in a few words... Oh, no, oh, yeah, I was laughing at the, 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 the thought of a lot of the parents being responsible for what they Oh, no, 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 you're right. But, you know, but when, <laughs> yes, when I think... it should be parental control, uh, whether yeah. it's by technology means or whether it's actually by parental means. But this is the thing as well with streaming services, the freedom to have content which wouldn't be shown on what they call it, linear broadcast or whatever they said. Yeah, your, um, your 
cable broadcast for, uh, for those in the US. Yeah. yeah, you know, and like I was, but then again, though, thinking about some of the stuff that gets shown on British television here, because we're obviously we're a bit more relaxed than our friends in the UK, in the US, and perhaps some other places around certain topics, I, definitely. I mean, I was flicking through the box the other night, and there's a there's a program on Channel Four here in the UK. So if anybody's not really sure what Channel Four are, they are a public broadcaster. Um, but they're also they have commercial they have commercial entities. Yeah, supported by adverts as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they seem to be privatized. But that's another completely another argument. Um, so uh, they show a lot of interesting content and have done since day one. They're very open about they it. Have. They're very liberal. Yep. Um, they do a program on Channel Four on a Friday evening now at ten o'clock called the Great Open House Sex Experiment, which was about people oh, yes. who uh, uh, who uh, basically want to try swinging. I think is probably the only way to describe it. Yeah. Not watch um, this, but I have seen the advert for it. I saw the advert for it. I was like, okay, yeah, intriguing. Um, but you know, you're right. So that's kind of stuff is shown on it. We get Channel Four also show that other one. What's it called? Naked Attraction, where uh, oh, for yes, oh, that's basically, true. So we have come on a bit. I'm just mm. you see full frontal nudity, obviously in a tasteful and appropriate way. Um, but yeah, you're right. Would they show, say, the boys as you say with that full on gratuitous violence? Um, which we enjoy as responsible adults, uh, yeah. you know, would that be shown? I wonder, I do wonder. Um, but part of me, then, on the other hand, is like the whole reason for these streaming services existing is to get away from regulated, um, yep. monolithic, uh, old school broadcasts, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. So it is just a white paper, so we'll see where it goes. Um uh, but as we're of these, you know, if you break the code, there is going to be a fine. We're on this time now, it's £250,000 or a figure of up to 5% of the organization's revenue, whichever is the higher amount. They they love that now, don't they? Up to X amount of their revenue. Yeah, but I mean, but when you look at this, right, what are they protecting from, realistically speaking? Because Netflix, I think, has a few questionable documentaries, if I'm honest with you, um, yeah. where you could argue it. But Disney and Apple definitely are heavily regulated. Disney, let's be honest, Disney do not want to put themselves in a situation where uh, they want to get hit by a regulator. It's not their business. You know, the mouse house no. is clean. Um, and Apple certainly, let's be quite frank about this, have enough problems without wanting to rattle any media regulator, don't they? Um, yeah, I mean, Amazon's a bit more free with that, aren't they? Yeah, Amazon's just got terrible content. I don't suspect rather than <laughs> crap, you know. Um, I mean, one of the points Ofcom are making is there's nowhere that you can really go and complain at the moment. Uh, if you found something offensive, if it was discriminatory or anything like that, uh, yes, you could go to Amazon or Apple, but let's be honest, you're not going to ever hear back. Uh, Ofcom has the power to make them answer to that. They do. They do. I get it. I get why they want to do it. I just don't necessarily see whether it's required on these platforms mm. the same yeah, I way. I suppose the argument is that it's a paid-for platform. If you don't know what it got, stop paying for it. Bingo. Bingo. Whereas free-to-air, not funny, whereas the other the five channels in the UK, for example, are all free-to-air, aren't they? Uh, to a degree. You need a TV licence. But well, yeah. Point being, point, yeah, okay, point in question, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you're not paying for a subscription service to, a, no, to something exactly. that you could, you're, you've chosen to take, but... Yeah, I don't know. So when, so, so then, when is it? Uh, when is this changes or likely being proposed? Have they said no, yet? No, I say this? it's just no. I haven't seen it. It's just a white paper at the moment. So I suppose you need to get someone to, I suppose, sponsor that as it goes through Parliament uh, and to get that enacted. But uh, yeah, no, nothing yet. I wonder also whether this is to try and protect homegrown, um, 
homegrown data, you know, homegrown, um, what's the word, uh, you know, content, you know, I like the BBC <laughs> and stuff, you know, just in a kind of stealthy way. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm I, mean, I don't know. We will see. Maybe, maybe. Ah, uh, and finally then talking, continuing the theme of regulation. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the EU so, again are, are not happy, are they? <laughs> no, I mean, we started here in the week, uh, rumours that the EU was going to charge Apple with uh, anti-competitive behaviour in regards to its Apple Pay. Well, it's happened. You know, the, uh, the, the EU Commission that they informed Apple allegedly that the preliminary view is that it's abused its dominant position in markets for mobile wallets on iOS devices. Uh, by limiting access to a standard technology used for contactless payments with mobile devices in stores, so NFC, um, Apple restricts competition in the mobile wallet market on iOS. So, yeah, it's all about being anti-competitive with that NFC chip. I think we did talk about their access to NFC a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We did, because I, I mentioned to you about, obviously, I think it was on my trip to Dublin, wasn't it? And I talked to you about the, the access to that squid thing, that app for uh, loyalty cards. Yeah, you could do that one. You just couldn't use it to pay for something. No. So what are they saying here, then? You, like, open it up to, like, yeah, say, basically, you have Google to open Pay? up that NFC payment mechanism to, I suppose, any developer would like to use it. Uh, now, mm. Apple have got a chance to appeal this decision, you know, raise any issues and disputes or findings, uh, basically argue its case. But um, how if they don't win, they, you know, they could face fines up to 10% of their global revenues of so, $36 billion odd. Yeah, right. Uh, but this, this is this is all to tie in with this, this, this Digital Services Act and Digital Markets yeah, Act. All the same we talked it? about. Yeah. It is. Uh, so we'll be interested to see where this, how this goes. Apple, of course, we're going to appeal it. No, they'll appeal everything. <laughs> I mean, they pay so many lawyers, you might as well do something for their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I did. There was a whole comment again, as we always say, never read the comments, but I did read one of the comments. Um, oh, yeah. Somebody posted, it was like, nobody asked me as a consumer whether I'm bothered by this. And I had to agree with that. I was like, you know what? I was like, yeah, it's a fair point. You know what? Why, yeah. I, why shouldn't you know? It's nothing wrong with this, and like it works fine. Nobody's going to Google, are they? And going, well, actually, you know what, Google, you're terrible. You, you should open up. Uh, oh, that's right, you have. You've got Samsung Pay in there, haven't you? Um, Samsung Pay and Google Pay, you know. But nobody's complaining mm. about like you know that. But no. not, this, but the problem here again is is that, and and to Apple's defense in a, in a small way, Apple have um, come in and they have uh, disrupted that part of the payment industry. They have, yep. you know, take, take obviously contactless wasn't new, but they have disrupted that part of the payment industry. They have, you know, democratized it, opened it up and made it a standard point that people pay quite happily with it. And now again, regulators and, and probably I reckon lobbyists from the big banks are not happy with it. Are they? No, I think we've had, we've said before, Apple's never advertised the whole Apple ecosystem as an open ecosystem. No, never. You, if you go and buy an Apple thing, you know what you're getting into. It's a walled garden. It's a closed experience. Yeah, there's one or two ways of doing things, and that's your lot uh, when it comes to those core technologies. If you want no open ecosystem, you go to the Android side. Yeah, Because that's what it's advertised is. That's its yeah. USP. Do anything you want, any way you want. Uh, there's someone will make it for you. Exactly, exactly. And the point as well here is that, you know, we, we, if we look at this banking, do you remember? I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Barclays in the UK? Barclays card had had those weird NFC like bracelets and rings and stuff that oh, you could. God. Yeah, I vaguely remember saying about that. You know, and but, but they couldn't, and it's terrible. It was the problem is like a lot of this, like with fintech, 
these big banks do not like being disrupted whatsoever by these upstarts. No, they've been around for countries. hundreds of years. They don't like change. You know, no, they don't like change. Uh, yet, you know, when they're pushed to do it, what happens is all of a sudden they make these apps because, like, for example, you know, the Barclays app now, to my view, does works really well. There's a lot of good features. Okay, it's not it's not Monzo, it's not Revolut or whatever, and it's yeah. never going to be. But it's a dance site better than it was. Um, originally you know i mean hsbc um, is still pretty terrible i mean i mean I, I get a notification that i made a payment now probably about three minutes after i've done it um but i mean i get a notification now which is more than what i used to oh yeah i mean i'll be honest with you hsbc is 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 absolutely dark. they did there's the no... absolutely bare minimum to bring it up to scratch didn't they there's no it is dire i have no 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 words to say about that beyond that but yeah i just Again, you know, for me, I like I love the convenience of Apple. Yes, I'm in the Apple ecosystem. I go out. I don't need to take any cards out with me. I don't need to take. You know, it works. It works just well. Um, but yeah, again, regulation, capitalist world. You know, we need to have uh, extra things in it. But you know, <laughs> if it ain't why, if it ain't broke, why do you need to fix it? You know. Well, exactly. Ah, <sighs> breathe, my friend. Breathe, breathe, breathe. So let's talk about games, 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 games. So Square Enix, 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 Enix. Um, yes, those publishers of the Final Fantasy series, who you probably know them for, isn't it, Square Enix? Oh, yes. Uh, but they also own a whole uh, stable of Western game studios, don't they? So who have they got there? They got, was it um, Crystal Dynamics, isn't it? Eidos. Um... Eidos and, uh, well, there's a few others in there. Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal and Square Enix. Uh, Montreal, I think there's a couple others in there, isn't there? But yeah. um, there's a whole set of games there. So we've got, what was it? Tomb Raider, um, Just Cause, Life is Strange. Sex, Legacy of K. That's and, it, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently loads more games there, of course, that are are listed. But they've sold them, haven't they? They've sold off the Western they Studios then. Indeed. They, they've sold them to, or so they've sold those three studios, the Crystal Dynamics, EDOS Montreal, and Square NX Montreal, to a company called Embracer. Uh, for three hundred million dollars, <laughs> uh, or who? I had to do a double check. I vaguely heard of them, but they're actually the parent company to uh, Nordic Games and THQ, which we've heard of from the past. Ah, THQ, we've heard of definitely, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Nordic Games, I hadn't come across. Um, yeah, so they bought that. So they bought those three studios. So they get what eleven hundred odd people. Um, they've got the popular IP, so they now own Tomb Raider, Jurassic Legacy of Kane, fifty other game titles. But strangely, um, Square Enix themselves have kept a, a few select IPs. So uh, Just Cause, Outriders, Life is Strange, and a, a few others, I believe. Interesting. I mean, obviously, Crystal Dynamics there and EDOS themselves. Um, you know, Tomb Raider is a legacy, isn't it, that we all, uh, oh, we all yeah. know those guys. Um, you know, countries, but uh, they said, so they're keeping... So they're keeping Batman Just Cause, um, as you say, Life Outriders, is Stranger. Isn't that their latest? Yeah, uh, that's PvP the latest one. one yeah, Just yeah. Cause. I mean, that Just Cause Four, the last game that came out. I mean, that was dire, genuinely dire. Oh, was um, it? <laughs> yeah, it just it. They tried to redo the whole game experience. I think I played um, Just Cause Three. Uh, yeah, that was I brilliant. I quite enjoyed that one. I that did not the all the way through the end. I probably only played the, probably the first bit of it, but I enjoyed what I, I played. Yeah, that that was the peak, in my opinion, of the series. Um, for they basically redesigned the control interface and you know when you're like why did you do that you know it was perfectly fine for the last three we it were was, okay with yeah it. and it got just a bit repetitive the whole game was just super repetitive i mean just because yeah, okay. it was never, com- never complex don't get me wrong um yeah. but, but it was yeah, always, it, always about outlandish stunts wasn't it yeah uh but yeah it wasn't particularly good but um 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what came out. I did see, though, in, in the press release that came out of that, that it said that um, uh, there is going to be a brand new game coming from EDOS Montreal set in the Juice X IP. So the last Juice X oh, game. Interesting. Uh, was Number two, human... wasn't it? N- yeah, but Juice now. Oh, Human Revolution, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I'm not sure if I played that Did you not one. play Human Revolution? That came out about 10 years ago, I think. Maybe I I'm wrong. Know. Maybe. maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, know. Human Revolution was um, 2011. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, it was a good game. It wasn't too bad. It was kind of a bit like Cyberpunk, but not to the same degree of you know terribleness. Um, so you mean it worked? It worked. Um but it had a director's cut as well that was brought out a few years later and they'd added in you know, some of the updates and the DLC, but just oh, okay. it wasn't bad. I, I think if I remember seeing it got, it, it was, it was high, you know, it was nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 for a lot of the big, you know, um, thing Metacritic, it scored nearly 90 out of a hundred um, yeah. on Metacritic. Yeah. So it was, it was received well. So oh, I'm, I'm interested. I think the last one I played might've been invisible war. I'm not oh, sure I played before, revolution. Yeah, before, it was yeah. even the one called mankind divided out in 2016. Oh yeah, I see that one. Montreal. So I'm not definitely not played that one. So that one, yeah, man, I don't think I ever played that one either. I think I that think one. I actually um, have that though. I think I might have got it one of those bundles. <laughs> Probably in yeah, my Steam library. Wasn't that a slightly different? What didn't they do something odd with that one? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I played that one because I think that was that was the sequel. That was the sequel, wasn't it? To um, uh, I have it. I've got the entire collection. I must have got it in a bundle. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, I remember playing that. I wasn't overly impressed with it. Now you say um, that, man, actually, yeah, I've even got Mankind Divided, which was 2017. Yeah, which is I'm a not... VR experience apparently. Oh, I need yeah, to go try yeah, that one out. Yeah, <laughs> I need to try that one. <laughs> like like all things, you know, the the, the early ones are better. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Squanix again. So it'd be interesting to see why or whether this is going anywhere. What whether it'll be a, a good film. But THQ, you know, definitely. Not going anywhere. They're pretty solid um, organization. They great for their space games. Oh, they do. Yeah, uh, that's my childhood. Yeah. Uh, was it X Frontiers or whatever it that's was? I played yeah, so one. long on that one. Very cool. Very cool indeed. But yeah, another another acquisition as uh, the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda. That's been all cleared now, isn't it? So that's all good. It has indeed. Um, it's been cleared by regulators. It's been cleared by the, the board, hasn't it? Yeah, but I, I, there's no noise about whether regulators are going to say no to it. So I have a feeling it's going to go ahead, isn't it? <laughs> UK uh, government, hold my juice box. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah <that's> <laughs> we'll yeah, add that to the list. We just haven't sent out the email yet about it. No, no, you're right. You're right. That's fair. Fair point. Fair point. But um, look, I'm going to say, I mean, look, Games Pass, there's so much stuff, good stuff coming to Game Pass. I can't wait to see what they do now with um, these oh, acquisitions. Because yeah. was it um, Sniper Elite 5 comes out today, actually? Was it today? I might have yes, to uh, I'll download to after this podcast. Up, yeah, I was going to say, I'll have to pop across and bark up the uh, bark up the uh, the old game PC after this. But I, I we'll tell my this. friend to download it because it might take him days on his internet connection, but we'll, we'll get yeah, there. Get there in the end. Well, moving on then, let's uh, let's keep going before we uh, run out of steam here then on this Friday afternoon. So then, Carl, talk about talk us through the Intel Arc scavenger hunt then, because this has just ended. Nice. This was about a year this. ago. I, I can't be honest, I forgot it was even running. So uh, back in March 2021, yeah, Intel announced a kind of digital scavenger hunt where you can hunt around with all these clues throughout well, what turned out to be the next year. Uh, and if you won it, you then get Intel 
arc prizes are what back then was called the XE range, wasn't it? Before they gave the yeah. new fancy name, you, you'd get prizes. Uh, well, it's finished and they've announced the winners, but this is kind of a let us to get some snippets of information about pricing. Uh, so I think there were different levels of pricing. What? Uh, sorry, not pricing. Uh, prizes. There were two hundred winners here, and you got things like merchandise, including Xbox Game Pass. You obviously got an actual Intel GPU. Uh, I suppose when they ship. Uh, when they yeah. ship. That's caveat. When, there, they, like ship. That. when, not, when not now, they ship. When they ship. But yeah, at they, some the, point. <laughs> The, the winners got a nice email saying that you've won this prize fund and it actually told you what the estimated uh, retail price was uh, or value of this bundle. So uh, first one we up, we had a, what presumably was the first place winner, but you get a Intel Arc, what is it, a performance version of it. One of those, along with uh, three months at Game Pass for PC, valued at 700 US dollars. So if we take out, what, 50 quid, $50 for the Game Pass? Yeah, I reckon that brings up the GPU for the performance one, which I'm, I think is probably the middle one, one of the middle of the road ones. That's going to be around six hundred fifty dollars. Okay, so we got we get a slight okay. It's a bit of an insight into what the potential cost yeah, could be. Prices and the, the other one they brought out was uh, one was somebody else's posted theirs, and they've got a, a premium Intel Arc GPU, six months of Game Pass, and some merchandise for nine hundred US dollars. So I don't uh, know. Okay, that, yeah. that, maybe it's maybe it's eight fifty. Uh, sorry, yeah, seven fifty. Yeah, could possibility. Something around there. So it might give us some indication. I, I presume their premium is one of the top of the range ones there. Interesting. What's that, the the seven seventy or the seven eighty or something. Like that's that. it. Yeah, yeah. But we still have no, we still have no view of whether or not. No, um, we don't know exactly which model that is, and exactly what the the pricing oh, will be, uh, or when these guys will even get their GPUs. You know what the stock situation is like. I just, I look forward to, I look forward to that day when we can say we've got a price. You know, we got, or some, if someone's actually reviewed one, it's real product in yeah. their hands. Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. That's what I want. Yeah, so this is a real one here. We're going to talk about it. That is, yeah, I look forward to those moments. But alas, that is not today. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. <laughs> okay, right then. So I have a feeling it is time for this. Oh, no. This? No. What is going not on today? Hey! <laughs> Just stand by. delayed. Just sat, I was like clicking the button. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, just I thought you might have luck. cleared the sound bar again. <laughs> oh, no. There we are. One more for luck. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we have a number of rumors today. Uh, and only one is Apple. <laughs> Go um, on. So we'll leave that to the end. Uh, but let's start with more graphics card related news. So obviously, we've been expecting NVIDIA's what, their Ada Lovelace GPU, their 4000 series now. We suspect September, kind of October time will be announced. But some more interesting tidbits have come out, haven't they? That we were expecting Lovelace to be a, a kind of a, a refresh uh, of Ampere. But the rumours now is that it's going to be a whole new architecture. Yeah, so is that, does that mean then that the 40 series, like we say, is is completely redesigned? Completely redesigned, the rumour is. Now, I, c- I can only guess that we've heard a bit more rumours recently of what AMD has been cooking up over there, RDNA 3. Uh, and they're moving to a, a chiplet design, much like they have with their Ryzen chips. Uh, this is you know, expected to bring massive performance games as well as efficiency games. Or else NVIDIA, from what we've heard, their Ada Lovelace is one of those giant monolithic chips, uh, much like Intel's 
chips, or else AMD are going the way of their CPUs without that chiplet design. So maybe that spooked NVIDIA. Maybe they're worried about the potential performance there. Well, I, you do wonder that, and I have to think, is that the logic behind it, and or was that the game plan all along? I mean, you know, the 40 series, I was expecting to be, like you say, an, an incremental upgrade to the Ampere, um, you know, but then again, with those new power requirements that were coming out, kind of the didn't seem right. Ones, yeah. Didn't fit I'm right, did it? Watts. No, didn't They're fit Very all, much but... following the Intel track with one giant chip and huge power requirements. So pure brute force. Uh, power be damned. <laughs> if you can't, if the key don't work, kick the door in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or else AMD's going for that efficiency. So I'm actually very interested to see what AMD's RDNA 3 looks like with this new chipset design. Because Intel are going chipset design in the next or the one after design, aren't they? We talked about it in the past. Uh, can't remember what it was called now, their new CPU. But yeah, they are going that down that chipset route. So I wonder if uh, NVIDIA will go there with the next version, the 5000 series or not. Yeah, I, that probably makes more sense given the roadmap here, isn't it? And Or potential roadmap. Um, I don't know. I mean, clearly that is where everybody's heading. That, I think, is... That's the ultimate place, isn't it? We're... AMD approved it with Ryzen that it's it can work and it can work very very well and yeah, I... deliver that kind of performance. Even if it's even if Intel say it's not the fastest gaming one in the world, it's so close and uses half the power or less. What, what There's something in that. Have... Yeah, I mean they could then use are... all the power and make it double as fast. Maybe. <laughs> I know what I'd want. <laughs> I want to save some yeah. power, especially the cost of power at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, consider that point. Okay, well, let's see. I guess there's nothing yet coming no, out. No, still but, nothing uh, concrete. It's going to be second half of this year before we get we'll, any more. We'll, uh, we'll let you know concrete. once we have more then. So what else is in the bucket then, Carl? Dig deep. Wow. I think, was it two episodes back? Episode 84? Uh, Quo? Uh, I've been talking about um, a VR headset, a new one from Meta, haven't they? And it wasn't Project Cambria. Yeah, he labelled it. Say, it wasn't. That's the key point to remember here, isn't it? It, it wasn't was not. He, he he mentioned it was the Quest Two Pro. He was calling it, and we said, "Well, it looks very similar." I think he's just got the naming mucked up, but seems he could be right. Although he was kind of missing half the story. So we're hearing reports that was something called the Information, a website. Not really heard of those guys, but they're saying that Meta are going to be releasing four new headsets uh, by twenty twenty four. So we've got two work headsets, obviously Project Cambria, we know about, uh, which is due this year. And then there's its successor called Funston or Funston. Uh, and uh, apparently Cambria was meant to be out last year, but just didn't ship due to supply chain issues. So they'd already been working on the Funston one already. That's why it's coming so soon. Um, but we're also expecting two gaming headsets. So Project Stinson, which I think is which. These two, names are uh, terrible. Probably, I know. <laughs> uh, are these cities? Because we've got a, we've got a Cardiff one for 2024. So yeah, we've got I, Stinson I, I, in 2023, which we suspect is one that Quo's speaking about, which is the Quest 2 Pro. Now, this is meant to be a high-end gaming headset. Um, I don't know. You, if you Google Funston, um, oh, apparently there's a there's a famous soldier called Frederick Funston who is the man who saved San know. Francisco. And there's a so maybe yeah maybe they are maybe they're linked to famous people or something I don't know who knows maybe who knows? yeah so uh, so we've got this project Stinson which we suspect is the Quest Two Pro and I imagine it's probably based off the Cambria one hence it's coming this year uh, but it's a high end one so I imagine we're still looking at big money here or big um more money than the Quest Two and then say 2024 we've got another gaming headset called Cardiff 
which could be the Quest 3, perhaps. This is a more budget-orientated model like the Quest 2 currently is. Okay, okay. So they are going all in here, aren't they? So They are going all in, yeah. You know, take away the weird the names here. They 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 are proving here that they want to have this um, a, as in you know, productivity is the key. So yeah. going for you know the Hololens style approach here, isn't it? The other ones, you know, getting people into the metaverse and office rooms, and then as you say, the gaming ones. But until I, but yeah, the Cambry one though, kind of is the one that keeps getting confused, isn't it? Um, it is. I mean, it just, I, whether it like you say it's more more the productivity aim piece here. That's the that's the work. One. Yeah, that's the high end yeah. work one. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm not a fan of Facebook. Well, I think we all know that one. Uh, no, and the fact that the, you tie a Facebook account to a Quest headset, I, I yeah. right, it's a rant for another day. But I'm glad to see they're now actually concentrating on a high-end gaming headset. Now, to me, a high-end gaming headset means proper PC support. Whether that means that to them, I don't know. But it to take it seriously and not just have a budget one is good. So I imagine it's going to have a decent PC support there. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, just, you know, decent gaming headset, decent competitor now. You know, we've got the Valve Index, we've got the um, Reverb 2, and we that are the probably the high-end commercial, uh, you know, consumer ones. PC-focused ones, yeah. Yeah. We just need something else here. And I'm not suggesting I want... Um, I'm not suggesting I want... Um, you know, another Facebook Meta headset, but you know these guys, Quest, you know, they, Oculus. To be honest, they know what they're doing, don't they? You know, and they do make some got, very good kit. Here. Yeah, it's just that tie to a Facebook account that ruffles my feathers. Yeah, it does, and I, it rattles my feathers quite a lot as well. I just, I can't, I can't get past that, and I, it really, really annoys me because I don't want anything to do with that. I want to play VR. I have no interest yeah, I, in. I don't, I don't have an objection as such yeah. to having a Meta account. But I'm not on Facebook. I shouldn't need no. uh, a Facebook account to run a VR headset that's never going to be used for any social media. It it's a it, gaming it? headset. So, yeah. yes, I understand if I have a meta account, they're still going to mine me. <laughs> I am still the product, even though I've paid for the product. They're going to mine that data. But at least it's not going to be attached to a public facebook no, account no not at all not at all but no I, I am interested to see what they bring out genuinely i i, I do want to see that um and they did talk about it, didn't they that they wouldn't they were trying to remove the requirement for facebook or there'd be options yeah they've gone rather quiet on that one i need to do some yeah, research gonna, on that and see how that's coming <laughs> i was just going to say that's gone very quiet i do agree with you on that point um but yeah let's yeah interesting to see what we get out of this and especially that project cambria the different the mixed messages we're getting about that from quo and everybody else yeah. I want. I definitely want to see what 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 is the actual development there. Plus the gaming headsets, yeah. as you say, because that's where we're, our focus will be. Um, yeah. DCS, you know, all the way, all the way. <laughs> uh, by the way, I was. I got apologies to make. Sniper Elite Five is the twenty sixth of May. I apologise. I misread the release date, not the sixth. Got me all excited there. I got me all excited as well. I was thinking I missed that. I missed that. That's yeah, my evening 20... sorted. <laughs> yeah, I apologise. It's the twenty sixth, not the sixth. I misread the date. Ah, oh, darn it. All right. Then. So what's the? Come on then. What's our last story the of last the Millspoon? Well. It's about time, to be honest. Um, so, you know, we're hearing now that uh, Apple will finally be using its own inbuilt or in-house modems uh, next year, 2023. Now, they bought Intel's modem division back in 2019, didn't they? And yeah. They're actually currently advertising for 140 positions directly related to modem stuff. Uh, so the rumor is next year we'll have that integrated into the SOC. 
It's been um, a while, given when they, you know, there was rumours at the time, wasn't it? Mm. The whole reason for buying it was to get away from Qualcomm, to allow them yeah. to align it with the, the rest of the system on the chip stuff. Uh, but yeah, it didn't happen, did it? We didn't see it at all. It did um, not. But I'm quite excited about this one. You know, hopefully we'll see things like performance increases and power efficiency gains. Uh, I can say there'll be some reduction in costs, but we'll never see that. It's just more money for Apple to you know pay for the regulators. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that's absorbed all the way along, isn't it? But can you yeah. imagine, I mean, one of these, so the 5G modem built into the, uh, the M series. Socks. Yeah, I was going to say, could we see that as well? So, you know, all the laptops will have modems built in. I'm yeah, sure whether it's got a modem built on or not, you'll have to pay to activate that. But <laughs> it'll no, be but in there. I, but if you but want if to use there, the modem, it's going to cost you X amount. I was going to say, if it's in there, that would be great. You know, because you would, I'd rather have that as an option that you can enable as opposed to having to buy um, more. Definitely. You know, have it software locked or not, because it gives us that option to upgrade later, especially for like iPads. You know? Yeah, but the only problem with software locking it, I suppose, is that if you software lock it, somebody will break it, won't they? Oh, that's no problem for me. But just imagine... Uh, no, I bought the uh, non-Wi-Fi one. Uh, sorry, the non-4G or whatever, 5G iPad. And you decide to go on holiday for a while. You just want to enable the modem for a month. I'll pay oh, yeah, no. subs for $10 or whatever, and I got the modem for a month. I, I, I'm down for that. That would be awesome. I, I would be a happy bunny with that. But I suppose then on the iPad things, so that kills a whole skew, doesn't it? And, you know, Apple are not going to do that whatsoever. Um, but at this then... point, when they go to building it into the actual socket, it'll be in there whether it's enabled or not. They're not going to build two versions of the same chip, one with a modem, one not. They're just going to no. build one with a modem. No, true, true. And it'll be firmware locked maybe rather than software or something along those lines, but it'll be in there. It will be, yeah, of course it will, because it will be cheaper to do that from a production standpoint. A bit like the way the Ultras and the Pros, the Macs and the Pros, basically, are going to probably end up being yeah. the same things with cores turned off, isn't it? And like, yeah, exactly. like they used to in the old days, wasn't it? Um, they still do it. It's selective binning, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. You just can't unlock it with a lead pencil. <laughs> God, no, that is old day. Old school indeed. Right, well... A bit of a shorter show this week, but uh, nevertheless, I think we did. We covered quite a lot of ground as always. So, as with me, it's let to remind you that we are available on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant. You can find all of our show notes at techrant.online. And please tell your friends about us, leave us a comment. And of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcast from, which is odd considering that you're listening to this podcast. So, you must have found us somewhere. But with that conundrum, we'll be back next week for episode 87 of the Weekly Tech Rant. I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all.